All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to talk about free agency, to chat a little bit. I've had a couple days off from the podcast, at least. If you guys have seen the writing, if you've seen the work over at MHS, you know I haven't been taking this time off, that's for sure. But uh, if you can, go read the Derek White interview that I did over at MHS, and then go read that free agency article too. Both of those would be very helpful. Those were good pieces, interesting ones to write. Uh, And as you guys know, I get up for all of the free agency stuff for sure. Uh, Really appreciate everybody for supporting, of course, and that obviously goes a long way when you share it out as well. So thank you so much for taking your time on this Thursday evening. We know that this is going to be a busy time of year. Uh, It always is, always is, but not not necessarily for the Nuggets all the time uh, and not necessarily this time, and that is okay. Uh, But we've got some Got some folks in the chat, of course. Cedric's back in the chat. What's up, Cedric? Bubba Gump's there. Drippington's there. Todd Houston. Thank you guys so much for hopping in. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Josiah pops up as well. Uh, Don't tell me you're going to cover tomorrow. Um, My heart might get broken, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, It's okay. I, I don't know what Bruce is ultimately going to do, but I do know that Nuggets fans... They have a strong feeling as to where they don't want him to go, and I share that sentiment as well. So, Nuggets fans, I know it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. I wouldn't worry too terribly much, but uh, as I've mentioned, free agency starts tomorrow, Friday, at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. It used to start at midnight Eastern. Uh, That's just when it usually happened, but the NBA learned, hey, we don't have to act like craven animals. Uh, We can just uh, be civilized people and actually do this at dinner time. And they decided, hey, we're going to do this and make a TV event out of it. So what you are going to see tomorrow, if you are an NBA fan, you're going to be looking at Twitter. You're going to be checking all the all the events, all social media stuff, everything you can. Uh, you're going to see a lot of news drop at four. As if you're in the mountain time zone, you're going to see a lot of stuff drop. All of these free agents are meeting, meeting. Uh, with teams, and they are getting the go-aheads from their agents on on who to talk to. Uh, a lot of times, a liaison, usually the agent, will chat with those teams. And you're not technically supposed to, but everybody tampers. Oh, no, everybody tampers. Uh, so it's – look, it's always happening. You can't really legislate it. And if you try to, then it, it actually makes this time period worse uh, this this drop dead period at this uh, this 4 p.m. time. So I'm okay with the way that they do it. It should be a lot of chaos. Uh, Trey Mitchell in the chat, excited for the chaos as well. Uh, what's up, Trey? Uh, I know that everybody is going to be very excited. I know that everybody's pumped for what's about to happen. And we got some slop. We got some slop over the course of these last couple of days that I'm not sure a lot of people really expected because the rumors are flying. They are going. Uh, there's there's a lot of teams that are putting out feelers. There's a lot of agents that are trying to drum, drum up noise for their, their players. And there's just so much going on right now that everybody has to manage. And I think the place that we should start, and we're going to start with the big stuff, uh, not the nugget stuff. We'll get to that last, actually. I do want to 
keep everybody around, keep everybody intrigued. But I want to talk about James Harden. I want to talk about this one because I thought that this was so funny. And not at all surprising, given the way the things ended in Philly each of the last two seasons, the way that blame was then assessed to everybody else, despite the fact that a lot of people shared that blame and culpability in the way that those situations had gone. People kind of forget that James Harden was the best player in the playoffs for the Sixers this last year. And James Harden would like a contract that is requisite with that honor when he was the best player on a team that has the 2023 league MVP. And I don't blame him for wanting that money. I don't blame him for wanting that security. He proved himself in a lot of different ways. Now, he's had his low moments. I do not want to be a James Harden stan on this podcast because that dude, he uh, he is... I was going to make a pun or, or an analogy about him being as flaky as like a souffle or something, but I don't even know if that applies. But James Harden, he won them game one and game four against the Boston Celtics in the second round of the playoffs. He did not show up again. Uh, I thought he, he directed traffic reasonably well in game five, but game six, game seven, he did not show up to the degree that the Sixers needed him in order to really advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know what? Nobody else did either. So it's it's not like you can just hit it on James Harden. And if I'm the Sixers, I'm trying to keep him. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they are going to get that done. It seems like they are understanding the market that's come for him and that there's not a, an extensive amount of money that he's going to get. And so he is likely... Like he's already asked for a trade. Like he's opted to his contract. And that's the one that I think a lot of people were confused about for sure. He's opted to his contract, the final year of his deal. And what that means is that he's tradable now on that $36 million number that he has, which is actually a little bit easier to trade than somebody like Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal, especially with a no trade clause. Zach Levine, who probably should get traded at some point here soon. Uh, I think that James Harden is still really, really good. He has to be your second best player. And your first best player can't crumble in the way that Joel Embiid did. But there's no reason in my mind that he can't be at least the second best guy if the situation calls for it. And he showed, like, he, he won them two games against a really, really good team and just needed the rest of his team to come up and, and win the other two. And they didn't. So not really a surprise that, that he's looking to get out. And it would not surprise me if Joel Embiid follows suit here relatively soon, unless we get some really weird stuff. And by really weird, I mean, what if what if this turns into a three-team thing? We, you've heard a lot about the Clippers, heard a lot about uh, various destinations that those guys could try to uh, could try to send Harden to. But it would not surprise me if this turns into a three-team thing where Damian Lillard goes to Philly. And that's the one where he finally gets there. They they don't necessarily have to give up too much because they're already giving up James Harden to somewhere else. And then that place gives up the assets for Damian Lillard. And I think Philly would be more than happy to give up as much other stuff as they possibly can on the margins in order to try to get Lillard in the door. But it like I think there's there's at least a... There's at least the thought going through my head that that could actually happen. Um, I think it's probably the most likely thing 
that he goes to the Clippers, James Harden does. And that just seems like the ready-made thing where if he wants to go there, he's probably going to force his way there. They probably have enough from at least a role-player perspective that that could actually happen. But, uh, Todd, uh, let me just answer this one real quick. What if Philly lands PG and Kawhi for Harden and Tobias Harris? That's not happening. The Clippers are not that dumb. They would not do that deal. And like the, the only reason to add Harden is to add him to either Kawhi or PG or both of them, not for trading both of those guys away. So I think that that's probably still the most likely thing. And you're probably going to get something akin to Harden to the Clippers for Paul George. And that's going to be a really interesting thing for everybody involved. I think that actually works out really well for the Sixers because it actually makes them a little bit better from a positional standpoint than they were. Uh, Maybe they try to also squeeze out somebody like Terrence Mann in that situation. But I think the Clippers properly value Paul George and they properly value James Harden. They're a really good team and they're a really well-run team. So I don't think that the Clippers are just going to bend the knee to Daryl Morey or anything like that. But there is a possibility here that the Clippers can then shake things up a little bit and get a player who is probably a little bit more reliable than Paul George in a lot of these cases too. So uh, there, there's a lot to like. There's there's a lot to be interested about. Also, Miami is a very viable destination for Harden still. I think the basis of the hero, Lowry, uh, Duncan Robinson, and Picks kind of package makes a lot of sense going to Philly just as much as it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense going to the Blazers because – Lillard's a better player right now than Harden, but I do think that there's there's at least something there where if you are a Sixers fan, you shouldn't feel that bad about this, especially if Maury does what he needs to do. Although the soul of that team is clearly gone. Like there's, I, I don't know what those fans are really feeling right now, especially like it just doesn't matter who's next to Embiid at this point. Like that that's, that's the key. So Embiid has to grow up. He has to be better. And he has to take more responsibility and stay healthy. And some of those things aren't even in his control, but that's just the facts at this point. Um, Let's go with Kyrie Irving now. <laughs> this one was a weird one from this morning. Why is Kyrie Irving trying to leverage the Mavericks to, and going to the Suns? Like that, that one was very weird. That one was very curious to me because there is no legal way that he can actually do that unless he takes the veteran minimum, basically. Now, they could try to do a sign-and-trade featuring DeAndre Ayton, but the problem is that because Durant and Booker and Beal all make so much money, sign-and-trading those guys, uh, it's like sign-and-trading Ayton away, you can't just give Kyrie Irving whatever he wants from a contract standpoint and then also stay under the hard cap. Like, the math is just impossible on that front. And that's just, that's not going to change. That's that's absolutely going to remain. So I think that one of the insiders for the Suns basically refuted that report. There was nothing really there. Um, now, Cedric, actually, the assets isn't really where I'm, I'm super concerned on, on that front for Kyrie. The problem is that if Kyrie Irving says that he wants to do something, then he's probably going to do it because... If, if somebody goes against his wishes, then he's shown the ability to just sit out seasons, sit out games. 
and has, has definitely not been the most reliable from that perspective. So if I were the Mavericks and I was given this get out of jail free card and was like, cool, we're going to get DeAndre Ayton from you as well as some other assets if we can. Now, there aren't really any, any other assets. That's what you're really mentioning there. I would still take Ayton over Kyrie for a lot of reasons. Like, I think that, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a little harsh. I just don't know if I can trust Kyrie going forward. And that's that's kind of where this comes from. He might give you 28-8 for a season. He might be the best or second best player on a title contending team. Or he might say something crazy. He might do something so wild that he actually has to be suspended by the league. Or like says something weird or just doesn't jive with what whatever's going on and doesn't isn't a great fit on the team and like the Mavericks they were eight and twelve in the games that he played. Like there were other situations there were other reasons for that. But to just say that like it's it's a slam dunk fit between him and Luca, like I actually think Luca and DeAndre Ayton makes a lot of sense personally. But um that's because I I'd want Luca to have the ball in his hands the entire time and then Ayton, like in the minutes where like you, you get another point guard who can set him up still, but like I, I think that that makes sense personally. I think I might be in the minority on that one, but it's it's a moot point anyway. Like it's just it feels very odd uh, that that this is actually coming out. I still think that Kyrie is going back to the Mavericks because there's no real money elsewhere for him to do anything significant. But I don't know. It just it seems very odd. I just want to make sure that this is clear to everybody. Damian Lillard, he wants to stay loyal. Like he he's gonna he's gonna be there. He's gonna be there in Portland. He wants to he wants to stick that out. He he uh, tweeted some some Etsy shirt out today, which was really funny. It wasn't actually an Etsy shirt, but the phrase that he used, which I'm pretty sure was just song lyrics, uh, but it actually was put onto a shirt in like a flower shirt, which was pretty funny that Harrison Wind found. Um, look, I think everybody's tired of the Damian Lillard saga. At this point, everybody wants to know where he's going to play next. And the only reason why this continues to be a storyline is because they continue to not completely shut it down. And there's always like there was always a reason for this to bubble over and to go this direction. And then Portland kept sticking it out and sticking it out and is basically halfway to a rebuild already with Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp. And nah, that's okay. We're just going to we're gonna keep Dame because we're loyal. Um, look, I don't know, man. Like, it, it definitely feels like the Blazers should be in a different spot. They have not been relevant for a while here. Um, yeah, I mean, given that Harden is now an available trade target, the market for Dame might not be as potent as it once was. That's something that I would be a little bit concerned about if I were a Blazers fan, if I were a Blazers person trying to get as, as much back on the dollar as possible. Dame is 32. Uh, He's very, very talented, a borderline top 10 player in the NBA. He can be the best player on a championship team, I think. I think he can, as long as the situation is perfect for him. But there's no situation that's going to be perfect for him if they have to trade what the Blazers want. So it's it's a really tough thing. I think that the Blazers are just going to have to settle for not a great deal. That would be my prediction. But it is going to be interesting to see what they ultimately do. Um, 
He, like, I think they just need a fresh start. I think all parties need a fresh start because this thing has been, it's it's gone out all the way out to its end. <laughs> like, there there is no viable path for Portland to get better, like significantly better. And if they can come up with one, then great. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if they can make the second round of the playoffs and do something. But I don't know. It's at least a, an open debate that they can actually make that happen because Jeremy Grant's going to want a lot of money. Yusuf Nurkic isn't good anymore. Anthony Simons isn't a good fit with Lillard. Like there's a lot of reasons to at least be concerned. And then you have Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp, who are young players and talented players, but they're not winning players yet because they're so young. So it just doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out together what this looks like. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the other top names on the market, as well as this Bruce Brown sweepstakes that seems to be coming up for, for some reason. Actually, I know the reason. It's because he's really good. But first, we are changing the game here at Superbook Sports. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you can score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app today and enter the promo code MILEHIGH. You'll get that $250 courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 and visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions as they apply. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I thought about uh, putting on the sunglasses for for this pod and, and doing what I did last time, but I uh, I don't think I was going to actually do that. It was it was pretty funny. It's now my profile picture on Twitter, and uh, thank you to the person who photoshopped me in with a diamond chain around my neck, wearing the put that uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it shirt. That was great. That was uh, that was a, that's a classic one. I think I'm going to keep that one for a while. All right, let's get into some of this other stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the other top names here. I, I want to go through some of these names because I think there's going to be a little bit more movement than I think people realize. Uh, Houston is going to be very crazy. I don't think that they're going to get James Harden, as was previously mentioned, but they're already kind of moving on to that Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez kind of tier. Kyle Kuzma has been mentioned with them. There's a lot of other players that we could talk about. But let's start about let's talk let's start with the high quality starters here. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Draymond Green, Fred Van Vliet, Jeremy Grant, Kyle Kuzma. I have Kuzma in this tier because I didn't think he belonged in the one below it. Uh, but I do think that these are the guys that in my mind should be getting upwards of 20 million. Uh, Brooke Lopez, because he's older, I think you could argue against that, but he's still so good. And second in defensive player of the year. Still an outside three-point shooter. Still a guy that you can throw the ball into the post. And like he's an interesting player for sure. But these are the players that I think they're going to make a bunch of money. Uh, and like even some of the guys below them will probably make $20 million. Like that, That's probably just going to happen by nature of free agency in general. But Chris Middleton's one where if he were to leave Milwaukee, 
I have no idea what they've got cooking over there. I have no idea what the plan is. But they don't really have a ton of matching salary. They don't really have a ton of depth and, and valuable pieces and draft picks and whatnot in order to trade for that next player. Now, they might still be able to. Maybe it's Zach Levine. Maybe <laughs> it would be so funny if it was James Harden. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do James Harden and Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that's going to be our big three. And we're going to build around that group. That'd be hilarious given the, the history that Harden and Giannis share. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is that Middleton was so hurt this last year and so injured and so, I think, beaten down by the amount of injuries that he had that it really ruined a lot of the chemistry and a lot of the feeling that Milwaukee was a top-tier contender. People still talked about them that way because they had a great regular season from a defensive standpoint when they added some of the players that they added during the middle of the season, got healthier. Uh, they looked like a better offense. But the problem is, is that if Chris Middleton isn't that lead ball handler type, then the lead ball handler for them is Drew Holiday. And it just would not surprise me if they decide they want to go a different direction. Um, it still seems like all signs point to them going back, both Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, uh, or at least Chris Middleton. I think Brooke Lopez is a little bit more difficult. Houston's been mentioned with him. There's been a couple of other teams that you really mentioned and say, yeah, hey, why not Sacramento? Why not X? Why not this team that needs a defensive-minded center uh, and somebody that can also space the floor? Um, if I were New Orleans, I'd be trying my damn hardest to get Brooke Lopez into the building because that's like the one guy that you can really point to that makes the most sense with uh, Zion Williamson. And Brandon Ingram, for that matter. Like, you want guys that can do a little bit of everything. And I think Brooke Lopez could certainly do that. But I'm going to go ahead and predict that Chris Middleton is going to stay. I think that Chris Middleton will stay with the with Milwaukee. I think that Brooke Lopez is going to go to Houston. Like That seems to have some really significant momentum at this point. And if that's the case, then... You're thinking about Bob, Bobby Portis as that backup center or now moving into a starting role. Or maybe it's Giannis. Maybe Giannis is now officially the center and they start kind of transitioning him into a different role of his career where for a lot of this time he was bolstered by a an actual rim protector, somebody who controls the paint. Giannis hasn't really been that. He's been a roamer. He's been somebody who kind of does a little bit of everything. Transitioning him into a an actual like rim protector type makes some sense. Although in years past, when the Bucks have tried to do that, their defense has really suffered. So it would not surprise me if Brooke Lopez, like they're they're going to try to keep him. There's no doubt about it. But if he goes, then the Bucks are going to be in a really weird spot. And seeing what they actually get back, seeing what they actually do to help replace a guy like that. You don't have a lot of assets. You don't have a lot of guys that you've drafted that day you can just feed into the pipeline. Something that Denver, I think, has done reasonably well. And that's that's at least something to, to think about for this team. Draymond Green, that's another one. I, I just I have to assume that he's gonna be back with Golden State, right? Like if you are if you are a Warriors fan, you know that Draymond Green is so important to the defense that there, there's no real other way that the Warriors can actually survive without that consistently. Like everything that he does is just so, so big. 
And it's not a surprise to me that Draymond is, is like he's, he wants to be wined and dined as a free agent. Like he's never had that opportunity. I know some of the insiders have talked about that before. Uh, but I do know that Draymond wants to feel valued. He wants to feel important. And there are other teams that are going to make him feel important. Uh, especially if Golden State's like, yeah, we, we would like to cut our costs a little bit so that we can save some money on this tax bill. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I think he'll probably get three years, 90 million, three years, 95 million, uh, about 30 to 32 million annually. That sounds about right for a guy like him. And if he stays in Golden State to do that, then they'll be like, okay, cool. One last hurrah around Steph Curry. And that, that to me just, it makes plenty of sense. Like you, you want to give Steph the best possible chance to succeed. And that includes Draymond. Like removing Draymond at this point in their careers would be so weird for, for the Warriors in particular. So going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, but I would, uh, I would bet on Draymond returning. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, though, I would, I would probably bet on him leaving. He's another guy that Houston is looking at. Like I think that if Fred Van Vliet and Brooke Lopez go to Houston, it automatically vaults them up into at least good team territory. Sorry, I was just trying to listen to what's going on. There's there's a crazy weather that's been going on. I, I, I'm trying to figure out whether it was the computer that's sitting next to me or if it's it's the the weather. If you guys can hear that on the outs on on the other side, let me know. Um, but. Yeah, no, crazy, crazy stuff. I think that Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez, that is a good duo to add to Houston. They've got all these wings. They've got all these guys that don't really play super functionally. But I can see Brooke Lopez being very similar to a Paul Millsap for Denver, where he really helps bring them around. And then Fred Van Vliet's actually like still really good. <laughs> He's a guy who... Probably wouldn't make like he's actually probably the the Paul Mills out. Uh, just in terms of you're you're going to be an adult, you're going to run the offense. Here's here's how we teach you how to be adults. Um, and then they've got some of these really young, talented pieces that can really help them do that. Whether it actually works, whether it actually fits, I don't really know. Um, but I do think that uh, that's going to be very fascinating for Houston. They they want to get better. Like that that's what you hear. Like they want to use this cap space. They want to get better. They want to lure all these free agents in that they possibly can. Uh, I think Tillman Fertitta is is tired of losing money as as the owner of the Houston Rockets. Um, Jeremy Grant, we'll see what he does. I I don't think he's going to go back to the Blazers if uh, if Dame is actually on the way out. I doubt that they'd want to resign him to this massive four year. $120 million contract. Keep an eye on Indiana. Indiana seems like a good team for Jeremy Grant if they want to get good really soon. Like Grant will do that for them. Uh, he's a really, really good fit in between Halliburton and Turner. Like that, That's a, a good duo in Indiana. And then Jeremy Grant's kind of your wing defender who can do a little bit of everything over there. Uh, that would be nice. And then Kuzma... Uh, we'll see what he actually does. He's also been rumored to Houston. Could go back to Washington, though I kind of doubt it. Uh, those are those are like some interesting names for sure. Um, let's go to lower tier starters here. Yaka Pirtle, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Cam Johnson. Austin Reeves is one where, and like two of those Lakers guys, 
those are important ones. Um, Pirtle, like, with the way that Toronto has been running their stuff, Pirtle should be back in Toronto. Like, they traded assets to actually get him, and then with the intention of re-signing him. If they didn't re-sign him, that would be super dumb. Um, yeah, now I'm starting to hear the hail. That's great. Um, <laughs> starting to starting to hear that hail coming outside. Um, yeah, Jakob Pirtle should be back for Toronto. Like, I'm always going to probably default to players staying with their teams just because it's the easiest thing that makes sense. But a lot of these teams see the top of the West and the Eastern Conference, and they're like, okay, if we only have to worry about one or two teams, we could realistically make a conference finals run and, and be pretty like pretty straightforward about it, not have to do too much work about it. So there, there's something there um, for a team like Toronto that's like, we just want to stay good enough in order to stay relevant. And as Scotty Barnes continues to develop as – OG Ananobi continues to get better as they continue to add some pieces. Uh, you would think that Toronto would make some sense, but if Van Vliet is going, if Pirtle's going, they might be in line for a reset here. So it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up turning into, yeah, we're, we're quietly shopping Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, and we're going to do a full reset. That would be, would be kind of interesting. Um, but D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves are... Like Reeves especially is going to be back in LA. Like that's that's the rumor that you hear about that. No matter what kind of deal is offered to Austin Reeves in restricted free agency, the Lakers are going to match. D'Angelo Russell, I'm, I'm not sure if they want him back, but what I do know is that they have been very much in on Bruce Brown. They have wanted to make it very known to everybody in every circle that the Lakers are trying to get Bruce Brown. And it makes sense for them. It's not the perfect fit for them, but I do think that he provides the athleticism and defense that you would want to hope for from that position. Whether he's a consistent starter or not, I don't really know. But Reeves, I know, has proved himself. Cam Johnson, I really like. I think that he would be a great fit in just about every place. Teams like Detroit, Indiana, Orlando, those kinds of teams would definitely benefit from having a guy like him. Uh, just to develop with their group, maybe even Houston. Maybe if the if the things fall through with some of their high, higher quality starters, then Cam Johnson makes a lot of sense as a guy who you want to give him twenty five million just to see if you can lure him away from Brooklyn. Sure, try try it, see what happens. Um, but yeah, let's get to the Bruce Brown bidding war. I think that a lot of folks are now interested in what the Nuggets are going to do. Um, so we've heard a lot about Bruce Brown. We've heard from various people that Indiana is interested as of late. That was the most recent thing that came out from Mark Stein. They're going to try to go get him, which I don't get. I don't think that makes sense at all, but hey, who cares? Uh, the Lakers have made it, inter- uh, they've made it clear that they're going to pursue him. That's something that is not going to go away. And I think all Nuggets fans will be like, nah, we do not want this. We do not want this at all. Go anywhere but there. Um, so we'll see whether that actually happens or not. Dallas is one that I think Tim McMahon was reporting that Bruce Brown is on their radar. And they're going to try to meet with him as soon as free agency opens, uh, which as, as soon as free agency opens. Um, and then Minnesota. Minnesota, we, we saw I saw a couple comments come through about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. The Wolves did not extend a qualifying offer to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And the reason for that 
other than it makes him an unrestricted free agent, is that they want to free up space for the non-taxpayer MLE. And because of that, because they're trying to do that, there are kind of like different kinds of players that they could try to add, like whether it's a point guard, whether it's uh, more of a wing. Bruce Brown is somebody that they've been tied to as well. So it would not surprise me if like Bruce goes to any of those places. <laughs> they're, they're all going to want him. Most of the teams are in the West because they saw how awesome he was. But if he went to Indiana for their cap space, for example, then like there's at least some there's at least some logic there. If he if like if they if they send out a couple of their wings and and don't necessarily say yeah we're gonna have uh, Buddy Heald, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, Aaron Neesmith, uh, they've got Andrew Nemhard who's really good. Like they've got a lot of guys that are like the same sized player, so it, it's kind of dumb to load up too much on those guys. So they'd have to do a little bit of house cleaning, but it wouldn't surprise me if they actually won it. Sacramento's another team that could win the war because they have cap space still. Like they they could potentially throw a nice sized bag at Bruce Brown. So he has not said no to the Nuggets. Like that that's not like what's going to happen. He's going to continue to take all of these meetings. He's going to look at all this stuff. His agent is going to do the best that he possibly can for him. And then Bruce is going to have to decide. Am I going to go to Indiana for three years, $45 million? Am I going to go to uh, Dallas for the full MLE, four years, $53 million? Am I going to stay in Denver for uh, one year, $7.7 million, and then re-up next season, though that comes with a little bit of risk that isn't associated with some of those other guaranteed contracts? So, um, And yes, uh, Todd... Sacramento did just re-sign Harrison Barnes, but they actually still have room. Like they, they could sign Bruce Brown with cap space. They had, I think, over thirty-five million, assuming that Harrison Barnes wasn't going to come back. But now he's coming back, and I think he's taking up like seventeen and a half. So they, they could still offer Bruce Brown if they wanted, like seventeen million dollars, which is ten more than Denver could offer. So that is a pretty significant uh, contract if they were willing to throw it out there. I don't know if they're going to go that that deep. I don't know if any team is going to go that deep. But I do know that if the deals are above the MLE level, then Bruce Brown is probably gone. If they are below the MLB level or the MLE level or at the MLE, then I think there's a realistic chance that Bruce Brown comes back because we've we've seen the math done. I've talked about it on this podcast with uh with Jake Coyne on the last episode last Monday. Basically, if uh, Bruce is like, hey, I, I don't know where I'm going to go. It could go either for the, the non-taxpayer MLE or I could sign the taxpayer MLE with Denver or like an extension with Denver uh, for the one year and then the contract after that. If it's that second option, then he makes close to the same amount of money in the four years as he would on the na- on the non-taxpayer MLE, assuming that the projections for next year's free agency are correct. So. There's a lot to think about. Obviously, a lot to think about for Bruce. Obviously, a lot to think about for the Nuggets. Uh, but he is going to have a lot to choose from. And like he, I think he's going to enjoy it. I think he's going to enjoy having 12 teams contact him this time around at the uh, the drop of a pin and be like, we would love to have you, Bruce. Uh, sorry about last year. We would have loved to have you then too, but we just uh, kind of forgot. Uh, so it would not be surprising to me. 
if Bruce is off the market for Denver, in which case, Nuggets have some questions to answer. So when we come back, we are going to discuss the Nuggets stuff. We're going to get into some names. I'm going to talk about the, the article that I put out there earlier this morning, and we're going to talk about what the Nuggets are going to do in free agency. We will be right back. Jackson, Roll, Ryan Blackburn, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Give this a like on the YouTube side if you can. Uh, see a, a bunch of people in there right now. Thank you so much for hopping in. Really appreciate all the love and support. All right. Let's get into what the Nuggets are going to do. I know this is a Nuggets podcast, and I've waited a little bit here, but I wanted to just kind of get my thoughts out on, on the rest of the league before hopping into this. Because Denver's situation is pretty straightforward. I think that the Nuggets are going to try to get Bruce Brown back. And if they get Bruce Brown back, then it, it I think it streamlines a lot of what they'd have to do. The current financial situation for Denver right now, and the reason why Denver can't offer more. At this current juncture, Denver has about $166 million committed to 10 players. They could in theory, offer Bruce Brown the non-taxpayer MLE if and only if they traded Michael Porter Jr. for nothing. And I don't want to do that as a Nuggets fan, as somebody who like cares about Denver's best interests. I do not think that moving Michael Porter Jr. is the right decision for Denver. So you think about the rest of what they could do, and it's it's just it's not viable. Like Denver has like all these other guys outside of maybe Porter are paid equitably. Like Gordon makes a lot of sense for the role that he's playing. KCP makes a lot of sense for the role that he's playing. The problem is the actual structure. That's the only reason why Denver can't bring back Bruce Brown for the non-taxpayer MLE. Uh, they would need to pay the taxpayer MLE or they because they had him last year, they can give a 120% raise. We've talked about these numbers ad nauseum. Um, I think that Bruce Brown is going to go. I think that Bruce Brown is going to leave. I think he's going to get the money. There's too much smoke here where a lot of teams are offering. You hear a lot of people talking about Bruce Brown and the money that they're going to give him. I would consider him the sexy target for playoff teams. Uh, He is the guy that if you want to be a championship contender, if you want to be somebody who can get through the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference and have a player that is going to be there every step of the way. Bruce Brown makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams. So I think that he is going to leave Denver for the bag. I, that would be my guess. That would be my my expectation. So I think that the three agents that Denver will target, obviously they'll start with Brown. Next, you're going to go with Jeff Green. Jeff Green, you're going to try to get back. Uh, the problem is that given that the financial situation that I just talked about, if Denver gives Jeff Green much more than, I don't know, the $5 million that he made this last year, they're going to run into other salary issues if they try to use the taxpayer MLE in addition to that. like 
They still have to fill five roster spots. They may not fill five roster spots. They might fill uh, four and leave one roster spot open. But I do think that if Jeff Green is back, then it's likely for the minimum or for about the same number that he's making now. Uh, the minimum counts for $2 million against the cap. He gets $3.2 million because he's a vet, uh, because he is as old as he is with as many years of experience as he has. Um, taxpayer MLE money is about $5 million. He wouldn't get the taxpayer MLE because Denver has his early bird rights, so they could just pay him. Um, but I do think that Jeff is like, I, I think there are at least options for Jeff Green to go get paid out on the market. One of the, like the dunked on guys do their uh, mock off season. And what they did for Jeff Green this last year was they, they got him a one year, $7.5 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. And that seems reasonable to me as a older veteran, somebody who can still play in the playoffs, but you just get a one year deal for a little bit more money than what you would get on the minimum. And maybe that money matters to Jeff. He said that he wants to be back. I don't know if that like, $4 million difference or whatever is going to keep him around. Um, or if, if that's going to, yeah, is that going to inhibit him from staying around? We'll see. I do not think that Jeff Green is the reason that Denver is going to win another title. So I don't think that Denver has to break the bank in order to keep him. Like If he wants to go, Denver can let him go. Vlako Chanchar, Zeke Nagy, Peyton Watson. I think those guys are mostly ready to fill. Like Between one of them, at least one will fill that consistent role. Just not sure which one. Um, so you're looking for maybe somebody else in that realm uh, or maybe somebody else on the perimeter to try to replace Bruce Brown in that case. And so I think that the guys that Denver's going to target are Dante DiVincenzo, Javon Carter, Eric Gordon, Patrick Beverly, and Joe Ingles. I think those are the five that I've listed here. This isn't informed. This isn't me saying I have information on which guys Denver's going to go after. No, I, I don't. Like I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here and saying that. I just think that if I'm trying to read minds, if I'm trying to read what the Nuggets need, what they're searching for, and what their type is, I think that it makes sense to go after those five. Now, DiVincenzo is the best of them. He is clearly, in my opinion, the best of those guys. And he's probably not going to be around. Like teams, I, I would I would compare him favorably to Bruce Brown from a playmaking, shooting, defense kind of standpoint. Like he does a lot of those things. And so another team that loses out on Bruce Brown might decide, okay, well, Dante DiVincenzo is pretty close. So we're going to offer him $10 million a year. And if that's the case, then Denver's probably going to be out of luck because they can only offer they can only offer five million a year, so he's probably out. Javon Carter and Eric Gordon and Patrick Beverly are next, and those guys are kind of three three players in the similar tier. They do slightly different things, but I like them for different reasons. Javon Carter, more of an on ball defender, but has some playmaking and shooting chops with him. He's probably the highest ceiling option of those three. Just because he's the youngest, he is going to be in a consistent situation now with, with a team like Denver where he'll have to run some stuff. He'll have to run some pick and roll. So he'll have to do some things 
but he also knows how to play off ball. And he, he makes a lot of sense in a system like Denver's because he would work very hard as the point of attack defender and then would also be able to grow. Um, Eric Gordon and Patrick Beverly, you know what they are. Like Eric Gordon is a spot up shooter. He is a DHO on occasion kind of guy. He is a deep shooter. He is somebody who, like, I think the majority of his threes are two feet behind the line as opposed to right at the line. That's for sure. Uh, but he is really good at that. And, and he is a really, really good spot up threat who would benefit from playing in Denver. He's also not a bad defender. Like, he, he'd be taking advantage of at points, but he's still very competent when he wants to be. So he could potentially fill that role. Now, if you add Eric Gordon, do you need more playmaking? Because he's not really doing stuff off the dribble for you. So that is at least a major question if that were to come up. I think if you are looking to add Patrick Beverly, then he could do some playmaking. He's not going to do a lot. He's a guy who he definitely benefited from going on and off ball. Um, Patrick Beverly is one of those guys that when he went to Chicago this last year, had a really strong impact on both ends of the floor. And, and I think opened up the floor for Chicago because he was very physical. He was very in the, in the grill of all these guys and helped really benefit from that. Like he and Alex Caruso really did a great job defensively with that group. So I think that that makes some sense if I were Denver just to say, hey, you, you want to play 20 minutes per game for a championship contender? Cool, Patrick Beverly. We got you. Uh, he's wanted a, a starting spot in these previous years, but I do think that uh, like that is that is going to at least be that's at least an, an option. Todd, what are you complaining about, bro? Like, why are you why are you raining on my parade here? Um, yeah. And then Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is the last one. He's at least probably the most interesting one. Uh, maybe not the best, but he he is the most interesting. Coming off of this torn ACL injury, uh, but. If you're only offering five million a year, you can get very few players. Um, that's that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles when you've got these 136 million dollar salary caps for 15 people. Like dividing that up, most guys are going to get more than what Denver can offer. So Ingles is one where okay, if you're Milwaukee, how many of those guys can you retain? Can you retain Jay Crowder? Can if you're going to bring back Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, uh, can you afford all of these guys? Uh, Javon Carter, maybe they prioritize Javon Carter and then they let Pat, uh, Joe Ingles go. So there's something there, I think, for Denver. He would be a very interesting playmaker off the bench uh, because, as we've talked about, Denver doesn't have a lot of playmaking. Christian Brown's not that guy. Peyton Watson might develop into that guy, but that's that's a really tough one uh, to try to get him to do immediately. And then the forwards off that are like Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, Flacco Chanchar, they could do a little bit, but you need somebody who can dribble. So Joe Ingles could do that. He could absolutely do that. Now, could he carry a heavy load? No. So you probably need to add some other folks, which is why I think that Jalen Pickett is going to play. That's why I think that like Denver, they might still bring back Reggie Jackson. Uh, but I do think that Denver's going to need options here. You do not want to overload Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray from a regular season standpoint. You want somebody else off the second unit that can handle the ball and that can do so consistently and is not going to let that fall through the wayside. So that would be my biggest concern if I were Denver, if Bruce Brown goes. 
Like Denver already was kind of deficient on the perimeter, especially on the backup line, especially when like Jokic was out. I think Murray will be better at that this next year, so he'll probably stagger a little bit, but you don't want him playing 36 minutes a night. So you want somebody else who can do some stuff. That would be that would be my recommendation for Denver. Try to get one of those guys. I have other players on my list. Uh, make sure to go check out the article at milehighsports.com if you want to go see all of those guys. Uh, there's other players like Chris Dunn, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Killian Hayes, uh, Jay Crowder, Tarian Prince, like not a lot of sexy names, but uh, that's just what Denver has to work with. That's what happens when you have your entire roster or your entire rotation basically settled except for one or two positions. So Denver's got some some things to figure out, but I think that they can. Uh, it does just all depend on Bruce Brown. Like if Bruce does give Denver the time of day, if he's like, cool, I would love to stay here. I will take the risk. I will sign this cheap contract with the understanding that we are going to do more down the line. I think that there's something to that. Bruce is one of the only guys I think that's actually capable of doing that. I think Bobby Portis was the initial one uh, from that perspective of taking a chance on yourself and then just saying, cool, I, I want to be here. You guys owe me for this. I would say, yeah, no, we're, we're going to see how it goes. But Bruce, I think, can make a very, very important decision for Denver. Because if he were to come back and Denver were then to lock him up next year, then there there is a potential for Denver to just keep their rotation going, keep everybody going the same direction. Things don't always stick it out like that. But in Denver, where you've got Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, I think two very low-maintenance players from a a personality standpoint, I think it could work. I think it could absolutely work. So there, there's something there's something to that, I think. But that would be my thing. Just probably all depends on Bruce. Probably all depends on where he goes, and then Denver will figure it out from there. Uh, but now in the comments, uh, for the last 10 minutes or so of this pod, I want you to drop your names. Uh, any name of free agent that you'd like me to cover in this particular episode. Uh, because I think it's important for me to just at least uh, mention guys and then make sure that everybody has their own particular say, because who knows? Maybe it's not one of the guys that I listed. Maybe it's a, a different name entirely. So who's the name that you would like me to cover for the Nuggets as, as a potential free agency addition? That would be that would be my biggest question. All right, Jalen McDaniels. Uh, Jalen McDaniels. Oh, I forgot about No, We'll have to get him too. Um, Jalen McDaniels is one. He's one that I think I saw an article by Dan Favalli over at Bleach Report, who's a friend of the program, who recommended that Jalen McDaniels sign in Denver. And maybe that's for the taxpayer MLE. He'd be a good replacement for Jeff Green, I think, just from an athleticism standpoint. He can slide over to the five if necessary, but the four is, is most likely where he's going to sit. Good athlete, somebody who. Probably not a smart, like too smart of a player from a uh, from a ball movement and player movement perspective. I don't want to like profile him on that because he's he's only ever been in Charlotte and Philly, so like that's that's what I have to work on from his game. But I, he doesn't strike me as a guy who sees the floor that particularly well, so I'd be a little bit concerned about that. But I mean, is he much better than Zeke Naji or Vlako Chanchar? Probably not. 
is he slightly different than those guys? Probably. That would be at least something to to mention. So he'd be an interesting guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think I would spend the taxpayer MLE on him personally because I think you've got to save that for some sort of playmaker, especially if Bruce Brown goes. Now, if Bruce Brown decides, I want to come back to Denver, and then you can get him for that, then maybe Jalen McDaniels is the right call. So interesting thought. Glad we covered him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, a good option for sure. Uh, I, I even mentioned him at the top of this podcast. We're pretty close to it that uh, Bruce is like probably going to be an option for Minnesota on the non-taxpayer MLA. And the way that they were able to create that was by uh, not guaranteeing Nikhil Alexander-Walker, not offering the qualifying offer to him to make him a restricted free agent. So he is an unrestricted free agent now. And I think a lot of teams are going to see a six foot five, six foot six long athletic defender. And they're going to be like, cool, why don't we try to get in on this because he's now unrestricted? I don't know whether that's what's ultimately going to happen. But what I do know is that he would fit a need in Denver, especially if Bruce were to leave. Like they, they need somebody who can come off the bench and be a defender, be a playmaker, uh, do some things as a connective player. He's a Canadian, so I, I think it would be nice to kind of have some Canadian cadre with uh, with Jamal and him. Like That's actually just a really strong perimeter duo. Jamal and, and Nikhil like, makes a lot of sense. So he'd be somebody I'd, I'd be very happy with if I were Denver. But I don't think that they can get him for obvious reasons. Like Other teams are going to want him. So... I don't know if you'd be interested with that, but maybe if Denver pitches him and says, hey, we'd like to have Nikola Jokic throw you the passes as opposed to you trying to pick off the the Nikola Jokic passes, there might be something to that. Drummond, uh, definitely one. Two, watch. He is not a free agent anymore. He did opt in with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think it was like a $3.6 million player option, so... He's opted in. He's going to be with the Bulls this year unless they decide to trade him. It wouldn't surprise me if they decided to trade him, but he is the best defensive center on that roster. And that roster was actually a pretty good defensive team. I've always had a soft spot for Drummond because he's also a guy that gets steals. He's also a guy that, like, for the big man spot, will rebound like hell, and then he'll get steals like what Nicola does. And he's a positive defender as a result. But He's not going to be a great positional defender. He's not going to be a great. Um, he's not going to be a great like offensive weapon, uh, but he can pass. He can do a little bit of that, and he can defend like at least a little bit of that. So he'd be a good option. I'd like him as a rebounder. Like that's that's one thing that the bench desperately needs. Oftentimes, is when they go small, they are out rebounded by whoever the opposite center is. He'd be a good one. Like that would be pretty interesting for me. Um, they would have to trade for him. They could either absorb him into that TPE that expires July 6th, or they could trade somebody like Zeke Naji. So uh, either of those would be fine, probably. I think that Denver would probably be okay with that. Uh, I And I'd certainly be okay with that. I, I like Drummond. I think he'd be helpful. Uh, Astrid says Bates Diop. Uh, Kata Bates Diop, former Nugget. Glory to the former Nuggets. Um, He'd be in a like not an interesting name. I do think that he's close enough to what they already have. If they were to bring back Jeff, for example, like Jeff, Vlaco, and Zeke, like does Bates Diop really do anything differently than those guys? He's okay, probably not. Um, I 
he's done some good things for the Spurs. I don't want to write it off completely. Like He can do some things, but he hasn't had a lot of pressure lately. And he's just not the guy like, I mean, if you could get him on the minimum, sure. Are you going to use the taxpayer MLE on him? No. Because I just don't think he fits enough of a need, you know? Like just, you, you want to make sure that you get somebody that can play. And I'm just not sure that he can. Trey's here to discuss Ayudusuma, uh, another another Chicago Bull. He'd be cool. He would definitely be cool to have. Um, he was on my list. He was initially on my list of the top 25 free agency and trade targets. I took him off of there because the word is that, okay, he's going to get a, a big contract. And even if he doesn't get a big contract, if the Nuggets are the team that sends the restricted free agent offer, of two years, twelve million, or two years, ten point five million, or whatever the number is for the MLE, the Chicago Bulls would be like, "Ha ha! Yes, thank you for giving us a cheap contract to work with, and we will gladly match that, and we will continue to play AO a bunch of time, a bunch of time." Um, I yeah, you're right. I don't I don't think that Chicago would want to lose him, but they do have this weirdly crowded backcourt rotation with all their guys. Even if Lonzo isn't going to play, like Alex Crusoe, Patrick Beverly, uh, Kobe White, then they've got Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, they've got some other guys that they have to mention too. Dale and Terry is another like guard slash wing that they also have. So he's he hasn't played yet because he's a first round pick last year. So maybe he does end up playing, but it's kind of kind of a weird situation. I'd love to have Ao. He'd be great. He'd be the ideal fit at backup point guard in Denver. The problem is that it's just going to cost too much. Um, Chris Dunn. I don't know if anybody knows this, but like Chris Dunn averaged crazy numbers this last year for 22 games in Utah. Now, it wasn't anything crazy because Chris Dunn is like he's, he's on a not great situation uh, just for a team that was basically tanking games down the stretch. But Chris Dunn was averaging like 13, 6, and 5. Of off the bench for Utah. And he was putting up triple doubles and things like that. So he is a really interesting all-around piece. And he's always been a really good defender. He's always been a pretty good passer. Now he's trying to put it together and he's he's doing some rebounding stuff. He shot the ball really well at the end of the year last year. I don't think that he's going to be available. He is currently under contract for the Utah Jazz. He is in their depth chart. Now, it would not surprise me if they decide to waive him, but I don't think that they're going to. I, I haven't seen anything come across the timeline. Um, by the way, has anything happened since I've gone live? Like, I, I can't imagine, but... Um, it's really, okay, no, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but I do think that Chris Dunn would be... He, like, he's, a, he's a good bargain bin option um, and, and would be somebody that could potentially develop into that backup point guard role. But I just, I cannot imagine that he's actually available because I, I just bet that Utah is going to keep him. Like that's that's the the right call for them in my mind. Austin Rivers. Um, I, I would also be pretty interested in that. Uh, I'd be interested to have Austin Rivers and then Mo Bamba. Uh, that would be quite the connection there. Uh, both of those guys are probably not going to play on the same team going forward, but uh, Mo Bamba, if he was on a vet minimum, would be interesting. I just don't think that, like, I mean, I'd love to have Austin back because he's just a nice 
veteran defender that can play a bunch of different positions and wouldn't need to play all the time. Like he'd be fine. Uh, but I do think that he'd be like, I think he'd be amenable to coming back. I'd be surprised if he wasn't amenable to coming back. Like Denver just kind of ran out of roster spots, so they, they couldn't really keep him. Um, yeah, no, that would be, that'd be a good one. Um, all right. We're at the hour mark and nothing crazy's happened. Um, yeah, folks, I think tomorrow's going to be interesting. Tomorrow's going to be very, very interesting. I am curious as to what Denver does. I think that people are likely going to be disappointed because I know that everybody would like to have uh, these massive fireworks, this this sexy signing for the taxpayer MLE. Oh man, Denver gets this uh, like because they they're the title winner. They they get the bonus of hey, you're going to get time here. You're going to get to play with Nikola Jokic. You're going to get a chance to compete. Why not take a discount? I would hope that Denver gets something like that, but I don't think that it's going to happen. I just it it doesn't seem like the like it's in the cards for Denver. But who knows? Maybe it is, and maybe we could see if it actually does happen. But for now, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. We'll be praying for Bruce Brown. Prayer circles all around. I know that Nuggets fans want him back so badly. I would love to have him back too. Uh, for everybody that is confused, uh, I will be going live tomorrow night uh, once again, probably reacting to what what all happens here. There's going to be a lot of fireworks. So make sure to come back here. We'll, we'll hang out together. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but for now, thank you so much. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, check out the writing on MHS.com and hit that like button on the way out. I'll talk to you guys very soon.